0: So, a few words uh, on practice uh, this morning. So, where we are in the unfolding of the four foundations is uh, on the second foundation. So, yesterday we talked a lot about the first foundation of the experience of uh, the body, the sensory experience. So, that's one way to know the world through tingling, through cold, through heat, through stretching, through... Uh, vibration at the ear door, photons uh, hit, hitting uh, the retina. And uh, so the physical realm, so that's one way to know mm-hmm. the world. So there's another way that is kind of embedded in this, uh, that Pat uh, introduced ye- yesterday evening, the second foundation, which is the feeling tone, that particular aspect of our reality. It's there in the senses. It's there in everything we uh, experience. There's this particular aspect of pleasure or displeasure that comes with a particular taste, a sound, a thought, an emotion. Uh, so it's, it's one way to cognize the world. Huh? There's different ways to cognize the world. One would be just perception, like I could cognize, experience the world just through recognition. You know, flat-screen TV, Roberta, uh, Cushion, you know, like I can recognize that's one way to experience the world. Here we say, but there's other ways. Let's value the touch. Let's value the experience of weight or movement, not just recognizing, I'm stepping, I'm stepping, but actually what is the other way to recognize stepping is to actually feel it. And now in the second foundation, a particular way to cognize the world, to experience it, is through uh, that tonality of pleasantness or unpleasantness or neutrality that is there. And so as researchers of human experience, we're saying, wow, let's focus on this and see if we can make it stand out a bit. You know, if we can make discoveries around this. In Buddhist teachings, it's essential, uh, Uh, Pat laid it out really well yesterday, talking about how the mind tends to cling when it's pleasant. And it's for us today in meditation to find, does it do that? And is there places where it actually doesn't do that? Where where there's a healthy relationship to pleasant, where it can meet pleasant fully? (gasps) Wow, sweet taste of rhubarb. Or unsweet taste <laughs> of revival. <lumbar. laughs>
1: <laughs> wow,
0: pleasant, unpleasant, pleasure. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know. So the at that level to actually experience it to see how it's uh, and seeing like want more or just like wow arose and pass. How we can have a healthy relationship with pleasure or um, difficult one, more so, you know, more like. <laughs> and same thing with uh, displeasure and neutrality. And so that's the exploration for this morning that continues. I find this area extremely uh, rich and exciting. Like I think we could do a whole month, a year, of just exploring this. What's our relationship to that? Yeah? And so uh, a few just ideas. The, the, I, the, the, the intention, at least here, would be to throw out a few ideas for research. You know, to say, okay, let me go do the walking now. Let me do what I'll do next to see if something can stand out about it. So the Buddha, uh, in the same way that he used the image of foam to talk about the bodily experience, he used the image of a bubble to talk about pleasure and displeasure and neutrality. So I don't know if in there you can sense the ephemerality and the unreliability and the unstable. Bability. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Unstable bability of the bubbles of pleasure and displeasure. And the image he uses is uh, uh, so that's again 2,500 years ago. He's saying, look at when it rains. It did rain back then. It's many things similar. And so when it rains, when drops of water fall on the puddle, they create, uh, drops of water create little bubbles. Have you ever noticed this? Just for a second. And he says, this this is that part of our experience. It's like this, it's that ephemeral, that gone quickly, you know. And so pay attention to this, because what we understand of it in the teaching is saying, if this... Is your value system? If you value pleasure and comfort, and which means you're going to fear displeasure, it's going to be a really rocky road because you're valuing something that is unstable, uncontrollable. You know, uh, you know, somebody will not say what you want them to say about. It. They, they won't do it to me anyway. <laughs> I don't know if they do it to you, but people say to me things I don't want them to say, you know, and they, sometimes they don't say things I would like them to say. And, you know, like, so the, I can't control exactly. I sit here, not even people, myself. You know, I sit here and I want to be quiet and centered, and it's not like that. It's a little bit less pleasant than that. And so what we're doing in the course of the, the, the practice, I think, is that we're changing our value system. We start to value less the accumulation of pleasure and value a lot more this wisdom recognizing my freedom is not in accumulating pleasure and avoiding displeasure. It's how I meet it. How I meet it because <clears throat> it's going to be there all the time in every aspect of the experience. And um, yeah, and a few more thoughts about this that could. Um, be interesting is often when unlooked uh, uninvestigated we might easily fuse associate the object with the pleasure this is pleasant this person is pleasant this thing is pleasant and it's actually a little bit more conditional tricky changing than that the image that seems to work well is imagine somebody you love and there's Striking, uh, stroking, mm-hmm. caressing, very slightly. You know, you're sitting there on the sofa and somebody you love, you know, comes and they just do this like this, you know. And it's like, oh, sweet. Let's say you receive this as pleasant. You know? Imagine the same gesture, the, stru- the caressing like this, three hours later. <laughs> yes. Same person, same gesture, nothing different. You're still, and you're like, honey don't you have things to do (laughs) it went from pleasant to unpleasant and it's the same thing nothing has changed in a way but something has changed one of the little condition in the equation is new is that time has passed now you know and so wow that just to show the unreliability you know you sit here like I love it here it's kind of quiet Two seconds later, okay, enough, let's do something else. Now. You know, it went from pleasant to pleasant, nothing changed. It's just something in the mind, just, uh, yeah. So we're invited to uh, pay attention to this.
1: Pascal, before uh, you finish, I don't know if you're on the way to being finished, but um, could you talk a bit about the place of neutrality and what happens yeah. with that? Because I think this is. Uh, you know, often yeah. much less obvious at okay. times, and then very obvious.
0: Yeah. So at the time of the Buddha, there was Dhamma Dina. She was a really, really wise uh, woman and uh, wise practitioner. And uh, the Buddha would often say, if Dhamma Dina said so, you know, and she was extremely respected. And so she said something about neutrality to her ex husband. <laughs> 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 <at>
1: <laughs> <laughs> now you're conveying something here about her and her ex-husband yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean
0: he came home and he said honey I'm following the Buddha I'm uh, leaving you everything I'm giving you everything and uh, I am decided to follow the Buddha she said let me check him out and you know, she followed him too she decided to go in the woods and she totally surpassed the practice of her ex-husband <laughs> 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 and then they have this conversation in the text where he asks her for, uh, you know, um, guidance and instructions around the feeling tone. And she says many interesting things, but one thing she seems to be saying that uh, to me has been really rich is she says, um, well, she says something profound that I I heard you say uh, yesterday evening, Pat. She says, um, when something pleasant finishes, it's unpleasant. When something unpleasant finishes, it's pleasant. And to me, this is very profound. Like, it just, like, levels things out. (laughs) You know, it's like, okay, why get so excited? (laughs) 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 But the other thing she says, and that's concerning neutral. neutral, so it's usually when we can't, you know, in experience, you'll be sitting there trying to recognize pleasant and unpleasant, and neutral, usually, often you won't be able to recognize because it doesn't, That's not what's at the forefront. There might be tingling, there might be... There's going to be some other way of knowing the event, but at that level, because it's neutral, it's not standing out. For human beings, usually when it's neutral, they get a little confused, they dismiss, they... um, So what she says is... uh, And that's in my words here. She says... uh, when something neutral, a uh, neutral feeling tone is known uh, without presence or without mindfulness or without care, it's usually uh, felt as unpleasant. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, there's nothing happening. You know, mm-hmm. you hear this. When I started meditating, like, pay attention to your breath. It was so neutral. It was killing me. You know, it's like, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> like, so, you know, like, give me something. Let me, I'll think some drama up, you know? (laughs) Because I can't be in that field of neutrality. It's unbearable. You know, so it was unpleasant. And she says, and when neutrality is met with presence, it might become more the feeling tone of pleasant. And so I've seen this in my own practices when uh, suddenly I was able to feel the breath, suddenly it's kind of pleasant to be there just experiencing... Expansion, simple, neutral expansion and contraction or time or silence.
1: I wonder, um, often we think about it as neutral can go from neutral, well, nothing, not noticed, and then something bad or to boredom very quickly. And I wonder if on the other side, when you're saying pleasant, as a continuum, if it can also really lead to equanimity.
0: Yeah, so the Buddha said, okay, there's these three feeling tones. There's many ways that he divides it. So the three you recognize, no? Pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. But he said there's also a way to think about it as six. So, So three, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral in an entangling way and pleasant, neutral and unpleasant in a liberating way. That's really, whoa! That's getting kind of Subtle and juicy, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, he said, so basically the teaching is <clears throat> pleasure at the sense doors, you know, beautiful sound, be- can easily be entangling. At the time of the Buddha, in some of the different circles, I would put it this way, they thought pleasure has to be avoided at all cost. you know. So, eating one grain of rice, sleeping on a bed of nails, you know, like, don't go towards pleasure. It's, it's, uh, and the Buddha, is one of his contributions at the time, it seems like he said, pleasure is not a problem, it's the how you meet it. Mm-hmm. And you can meet it in a way that you cling, or in a way that you reject this pleasure, or you miss neutral, or get confused about, and bored, or agitated about. But there's a way you can meet it that is liberating. And so, if when you meet pleasure, you're able to recognize its ephemeral nature and contingent, conditioned nature, Mm -hmm. so, wow, this is happening. It's beautiful. It's not going to last. It becomes precious. And one can have access, a full experience of pleasure as an unwise way to experience pleasure is, oh my God, it's so good! Will you call me back? Is it, are you gonna stay forever? You know, <laughs> and I want you to be like this, stay like this, you know. And this is not you can't have access to the pleasure because it's fear that is there. Yeah? It's called
1: adolescence.
0: <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 <That's what laughs> <of my> <laughs> Let's debate that. <laughs> um, and so And so so you could say pleasure at the sense door, depending on how it's met, could be entangling and it could be liberating. And so here we're trying to meet experiences, pleasure, pleasurable, unpleasurable, yeah? But other things that we start to value in practice, you recognize this from your own practice, is that there's some pleasures that are not related to the senses in the sense that it's not... Uh, dependent on a beautiful sound or a beautiful smell or a beautiful taste, it's inwardly produced. Mm-hmm. Calm, curiosity, kindness, benevolence, self forgiveness, con- uh, compassion, uh, curious joy, uh, etc. So some of them are pleasant. Some of them are, are called neutral, but a different kind of neutrality, the neutrality of equanimity. Mm. So it's not because the object is bland or perceived as bland. Do you see what I mean? It's because of the state of the mind. So that some, and we hear this from practitioners, they'll say, you know, uh, there's a pain in the knee. Let's say there's pain in the knee and... Multiply the unpleasantness of the pain in the knee by the unpleasantness of reactivity, mm-hmm. it's unbearable. Mm-hmm. But bring to uh, the unpleasantness of the knee a mind that is extremely engaged and balanced and calm, an equanimous mind, suddenly, and I've heard this so many times, people will describe, usually I would say it's unpleasant but I can't say it's unpleasant exactly because my mind is so engaged with it. Do you see? And we heard this in the forum, in the inquiry yesterday. People would say, wow, there was this this whatever even um, emotion that's there, but it's met with such, I don't know, space or commitment (coughs) or acceptance or interest that actually removes the unpleasantness. And what we end up with is an experience that... So neutral, one way to describe it is it's neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And often people actually, not knowing that particular way of expressing it, will use these exact words from 2,600 years ago. People will say, Hey, Pascal, I want to talk to you about this thing. It's so weird. (laughs) It, like, there was this thing going on. It was not uh, unpleasant. Usually I would think it's unpleasant, but it was not unpleasant. It was not pleasant, but it was not unpleasant. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it, it doesn't, it's not flatness. They might be talking about something extremely intense, mm-hmm. but the mind is so engaged in a wholesome way that they can't say it's unpleasant or pleasant. They, You know, they say, like, wow, that... Usually, I would say it's unpleasant, but now i don't need it to go away like i it's it's like this it's become like suchness or um, yeah suchness or, or easeness easiness or it's like this
1: <clears throat> so you know it's interesting because uh, um, in the programs that we teach we there's a point at which we um, have a longer sit that brings in aspects of choices awareness. And this is also another time when we bring up a difficulty after people have had this long sit, right? So there's a couple of different ways in which we bring up a difficulty. One is in a longer process, the other is not. And uh, so I'm thinking about what you're saying, that um, often what you find, particularly within, after the this period of sitting and then bringing up the difficulty, you have this reaction where people are they bring the difficulty their response is more muted they're kind of a bit confused by that because yeah. they're not so dis- they're not upset by it it's there but it's it's kind of not charged yeah. and i'm thinking that uh you know that what you're talking about that the practice and uh, this bit of practice has enabled this different relationship although people don't understand really that that's what's happened yeah, yeah, they yeah. just have the experience of that unpleasant thing not being so unpleasant and being more neutral or they have more equanimity yeah. in relation to it, at least for that moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly it. So it's yeah. the, the, the development of equanimity of a stable mind. Mm-hmm. So, the, yeah, so, yeah, so th- this uh, six ways or just two, you could think like, uh, you know, uh, entangling or liberating, you know. And so th- what I like about this is the, the, the way the values change. Suddenly it's, I'm not so hooked on it being pleasant or unpleasant. I'm really interested in how I can be with this. And in, Buddhist, in Buddhism, this is liberation. Liberation is not to have something I want. Liberation is to be able to be with what shows up, you know, in a wise way or in a creative way or in, a, in, a, in an engaging way. Yeah, so so much more to say about this, but um, maybe one little bit, uh, last bit, is uh, how we relate to also pleasure and displeasure and neutrality of the past and the future.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so it's a bubble, huh? It happens uh, one second, and you know, there could be an event that is unpleasant. It lasted the second. Somebody said <laughs> there is something <clears throat> in '79. <laughs> and clinging, you know, that's that's what it is. The event is gone, but the vine is cherishing it, you know, is adoring it, is hooked in it. And so in the practice, by learning here to notice that pleasure arises and uh, passes, again, insight is inferential. So the quality of the encounter with the pleasure and the displeasure here will make us understand this is actually gone. Like I was in, uh, in delusion, you know, del- we're going from delusion to wisdom. The delusion was to live with this thing that is actually not there, you know, but we're, we, we didn't notice deeply that it was gone. You know? Or in the future, I might spend a lot of time, I remember sitting a three-month retreat where at the end there was a, what I thought was going to be an unpleasant event, event happening. So I spent a lot of time in the three months you know, strategizing about that unpleasantness. And once I was there, it was pretty amazing. There was the three qualities were there. You know, it was unpleasant, but it was also a lot of neutral. And, and there was a way of uh, bringing compassion that was actually beautiful. You know? And it was not the way I was projecting it. Yeah, and so when we sit here and we start fantasizing, or often it's might be because it's we're unable to meet the feeling tone. Maybe it's neutral, and we're unable to meet it, so we go towards unpleasant, mm-hmm. creating it in some way. You know, um, and or we go towards fantasy. I remember also on the long retreat spending a lot of time dreaming about. Living in my car, and, <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, I wouldn't have to pay rent. I would save money in my car, and all every everything I was producing was pleasant feeling tone like evacuating completely the fact that, you know, there's no toilet in the car. (laughs) (laughs) And that can bring some unpleasantness, you know. But I was like, no, I'm laying in the back of the car, and sometimes it breaks down, and I spend a few days in the desert, fixing the car at some garage, you know. And at some point I was like, hold on, what's going on? This is all pleasant. That's not real. You know, I'm disconnected here. You know, I'm producing pleasantness where... You know, it's not reality.
1: Yeah. And you can see how it's uh, escape from the. It may be an escape. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> maybe, yeah.
0: yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and maybe because you're in the medical field, and this, I could share. This is uh, I also noticed doing the same thing. I'm HIV positive, but I'm good. It's good. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs>
1: Like, we don't need to worry about no. that. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: It's really good years since a number of years. But uh, when I was younger, the situation was different. And I was spending a lot of time dreaming about life without HIV. Mm. And, and it seemed like it was a pleasant uh, life, you know? And, and so there was a kind of a refuge. In, mm. But every time I was coming back to reality it was a kind of a cultural shock, you know, between the two realities. And this one here was always kind of failing on that level, you know. There was more unpleasantness than in the fantasized one, you know. And for me, there was a big change when I noticed this, that I was actually, you know, dismissing life, dismissing reality, and going to take a break in a place that was actually not helping me at all, you know. And in the course of practice, suddenly there was this, to me, the change of value. Instead of valuing the pleasantness of not having to deal with medication and all the complexities and the stigma and you know all this, suddenly there was actually, I want to value this life with its complexities, with its displeasurable aspect. I want to actually cherish this life, meet this one. So the change of value was from valuing what I want to suddenly valuing what is here that is worthy of being with, you know. And we all know this, I think, in different aspects of our lives, you know, that, okay, this is how it is, let me meet this. And in that, liberation for me, liberation, like I'm not hooked, you know, cherishing something that doesn't exist and will not, actually, you know. I'm liberated from that uh, entanglement, you know and I can be here with this version, which actually right now is extremely uh, easy.
1: You know, um, I would think of this as, you know, living well with. Yeah. Because I used to do a lot of palliative uh, care uh, and also work with uh, primary care physician with HIV. And I remember that uh, it's the opposite, though. Uh, someone came and, you know, there was a couple and uh, one of uh, them and said you know that really it's very difficult because all, all he's doing is waiting for the clock ticking waiting to die and you know this is so this is a different future yeah. <laughs> and um, you know so what we came to really was how can you live well with what is so yeah. it's the same really you know and this is also for our participants who have depression and anxiety you know we're not getting rid of anything yeah. so what you're speaking to is how can you live well with how things yeah. are yeah, yeah. with the full range of it, yeah yeah. yeah.
0: yeah, which is definitely, you know, a messy adventure, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yeah. not yeah. like, okay, I'll do that now, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. Now.
1: <laughs> Easy to say, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, as we know. Mm. Okay, so shall we uh, explore this uh, in practice now, in, uh, so not trying to resolve all of this, you know, these yeah. are just little points of um, things that might... Um, might be good to remember that we have many ways that we uh, cognize the world, that we experience it, that we are touched by it. And sometimes <coughs> it is by through this aspect, this particular aspect, as really part of the human experience. If it was removed, put on mute, we wouldn't recognize life. So that's an aspect of uh, <coughs> phenomena that we experience. Sometimes it comes at the foreground, it's clearly unpleasant or pleasant, and sometimes it's actually not uh, that clear, that obvious. That's not the way we encounter a particular moment, event, or phenomena. as we sit here uh, experiencing the world through the senses (coughs) we might notice some of these bubbles uh, appearing lasting for a little while popping really quickly a pleasant uh, thought maybe Followed by an unpleasant sensation, followed by a neutral breath. We might be sitting in the middle of an unpleasant emotion. (coughs) We could become aware of this. We could take a mental note if we want. Oh, unpleasant. Unpleasant. And see if we can allow ourselves to feel that. might be in a pleasant mind state or have pleasant qualities of mind contentment or joy sometimes arise benevolence and there might be qualities of mind that are stabilizing balancing describe as neutral in some way, like acceptance, calm, patience. Often they don't stand out. You know, impatience stands out. Patience sometimes doesn't stand out. Non-reactivity sometimes doesn't stand out. We might miss it because of its neutrality. It would be good to recognize it's actually active, creating a world of ease or well-being. sitting here for a few minutes just allowing events phenomenon to uh, happen and be known in some ways the texture of it the feeling tone of it of pleasure or displeasure or neutrality (coughs) and of course there is this flow also of recognition recognize name it happens on its own we know that sensation in the hands is in the hands the breath is a breath If this seems so confusing or too much in any way, just hang out with the breath, stabilizing, pacifying the mind, a simple practice of staying with the breath. Notice in yourself the presence or the absence of care. Care for what is uh, happening. Benevolence, goodwill, compassion. Is it present or absent? Could it be present? did be invited. What would happen if it was there, here? there are unpleasant uh, sensations uh, arising or settling in or at this point uh, see if you can recognize the unpleasantness and allow it to be there not forever but just for this moment it could be okay that there is this pulling or pushing or pressure or piercing Numbing. Oh, unpleasant. Unpleasant feels like this. Unpleasantness feels like this. We meet unpleasantness with care. We see that in the encounter with unpleasant, the mind is uh, losing its ground, it's uh, collapsing, uh, falling into despair, discouragement, or losing energy. It's an art in practice to maybe look for pleasantness, to balance things out, see in the body if there is Something maybe more neutral or even pleasant that could be known also might require that we open the eyes and look outside at the trees, at the sky, <coughs> just to skillfully uh, nourish the heart, the mind, balance it. The freshness of the in breath has something uh, refreshing, slightly pleasant to it. Or the tingling in the cheeks that we had not noticed. Maybe it's something that is happening. there is inside oneself the color, the texture, the taste of compassion, of care, that has a certain sweetness to it, oh, not easy being there right now, not easy for you, my love. if it's received as pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral here. (laughs) Experiential uh, understanding of pleasantness, unpleasantness, and the reactivity that can come with it. So what we're talking about, basically, in a way, is really about the heart opening. It's really about care. We're talking about meeting pleasure with care and recognizing the preciousness, the beauty, the the, the enjoyment, the, you know, and meeting unpleasure, displeasure with care, with compassion, with with love, you know, and meeting the neutral also with care, not with... You know, devaluing or dismissing, or you know, but meeting also, so the careful way of living. Uh, okay, and so now there is uh, for some of us uh, group meeting, and so the meeting rooms are if you go back to the living li- living room and you go down that hallway, at the very end on this floor of the hallway with the bedrooms. On the left side, on the way, at the end, you'll see Pat will be there in one of the rooms. And I'll be in the very last one. And for others of us, it's a time for walking practice. So if you want to play with the form as you walk, you might, uh, I don't know, maybe you bundle up and go outside. Do one of the crossings. So the form is really, it has a form of like 15, (coughs) 20 feet walking back and forth not going anywhere, staying there so it's contained, so we can realize, oh my God, I was gone when we reached the end of the path. So if you want, do a crossing uh, and let sounds and hearing become alive. That experience. And you might notice in that pleasure, displeasure, neutrality, but hearing. And as you cross again on the other side, uh, become aware of sight and luminosity. Whatever... Is, is there. Colors or whatever the experience is, inwardly, outwardly. There might be pleasure there, displeasure, neutrality. You know. And as you cross again, if you want, uh, feel the body moving or the body uh, uh, sensitive to temperature or something of the whole body. And notice if pleasure, displeasure, neutrality is present if you want. And then cross a fourth time if you want, stepping. Let... Awareness, uh, arises in the feet, stepping, stepping, the lifting, the moving, the placing, what's about that? If it's neutral, you know, when is it more, when does the mind take off? Often the mind takes off when it's neutral, you know, oh, oh, it's in this, this moment, I take off because it's neutral. It's good to notice. When does the mind has opinion? Usually, when there's a feeling tone, you know, an opinion, a preference, usually around the feeling tone. A judge at the Supreme Court in the U.S. said to Jack Cornfield, after l- receiving teachings, I think around the feeling tone, he said, "Almost all the decisions we made and make in the end are based on feeling tone." You know, so interesting. Oh, that should not happen. Why should not happen? Is it because it's unpleasant? Uh, It has value. It's really one of the ways we cognize the world, so it's not to be dismissed, you know, but really be aware of it. And so walking and meeting, and in the meeting I bet there will be pleasantness and pleasantness and neutrality. Okay? Thank you. Let's meet it with care. Thank you. (laughs)